the Earshot Creative Review with Hobson's. If you're the kind of producer who likes to start the session with the scripts half-written and no idea how to pronounce Lemster, then we're the kind of voice artists who won't let anybody ever know. Hello and welcome to the Earshot Creative Review podcast. A little bit different this month because we are live at the Creative Loop Student Media Festival here at the CCA in Glasgow. Uh, I am Colin Kelly. We are sponsored by Hobson's and Steve Martin, your regular host, he's still with us, but he is in fact uh, part of the panel today, which also includes Gavin Pearson uh, from Bower Scotland and Paul Tyler, who works in commercial production at Radio Clyde. And we're here to talk about uh, creative audio which is one of these really broad terms that can mean a whole load of different things. It can mean imaging, it can mean promos, it can mean trailers, uh, it can mean sound effects uh, through bits of drama. Um, I think the best way to explain it is to ask these very skilled, very experienced gentlemen to explain a little bit about what it is that they do. And I suppose it would make sense to start with a regular host, Steve Martin, what does creative audio mean? Well, firstly, can I say thank you. It's great to have a proper presenter on this podcast for once. Um, look, I think it's three things. Um, in, in advertising, in uh, station imaging, and in uh, promotion, so you know, creative navigation, helping uh, listeners through a radio station schedule. And those three things are to make sure that the audio is firstly uh, very effective, so it actually achieves some things. It moves an audience from one part of the schedule to another, or it changes... Uh, an audience's perception of a brand changes behavior changes perception the second thing is it has to be audio that is very supportive of your radio station's brand promise and if you're going to produce something which is effectively saying this is the voice of the radio station that it has got to be aligned with that it's got to carry that brand promise forwards and thirdly it's got to be entertaining it's got to be good for listeners so informative, entertaining, or you know, educational if you're in public service uh, broadcasting in any way. So those three things. Effective radio, supportive of your brand promise, and something that is genuinely good for listeners. I know that Gavin Pearson will agree with much of what you said. Paul might have a slightly different take on it because Paul comes from the, the commercial production background, so creating the adverts that you hear on air. And sometimes, Paul, correct me if I'm wrong, everything that Steve just said, maybe there's a pressure to compromise it when there's a client involved and money to be made. Well, yes, obviously, we work with clients and they do pay us to broadcast their messages. But obviously, everything that Steve just says still applies. We still have to bear in mind that the radio station does have values and certain things that are said in commercials might not necessarily be on the same page as what the radio station is putting out. So that's where you have to really use your judgment and advise advertisers uh, who are, again, paying customers. You know, I think it would be better if we said it this way, or, you know, I think we can do something better here and really guide them to something that, because at the end of the day, they, they are part of the radio station and a big part of the radio station. Um, you know, and, and some stations, a third of your output, if you're a commercial station, is commercial messages, maybe even more. So, they're, they're very much intrinsically linked and it's about finding the connection between whatever it is they want to promote or, or uh, advertise and finding a message that is right for them but also right for the station. Paul, sometimes people will listen to a commercial radio station and they'll say, that advert really annoyed me. Yeah. Does that mean something's gone wrong? Not necessarily. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't, you know, annoying ads 
sometimes advertisers will say to me, I want that. I want my ad to be as annoying as possible because that is, you know, there's, again, there's no such thing as bad publicity, I suppose, is a term that springs to mind. But, you know, I'm not really in the game to make things that are annoying, things that are effective, certainly. Um, and, and at the end of the day, it's about being memorable. And if, if you can create something that is memorable for all the right reasons, hopefully, then... As far as I'm concerned, I've done my job. So. Okay, I've spent a lot of time in my career working with this man, Gavin Pearson, uh, at Clyde One, and Gavin uh, is, really heads up the audio imaging right across the, the Bower Scotland network, and sometimes even beyond that if he's called upon. Um, you've made some really creative and engaging bits of audio uh, over the years, Gavin, and you've all brought examples. We'll listen to them in a moment. But can you just pick out a couple of highlights, Gavin, things that you've been involved in and explain to uh, our audience here the kind of things that you create? Um, we're very much a, a sort of popular culture based station um, so what I tend to tap into and, and certainly what, what, what my mission has been in the recent times is to try and position the artists that are part of our, our main promise performance, the artists like Rihanna like Jessie J what, we try, what, what I've tried to do in the last 12 months is, is make audio that makes the listener seem as important as the performer and we've invested the time of going along to a lot of the gigs and getting people's reactions afterwards um, we've tried to make that nice and quirky uh, and we've, we've tried to incorporate listener audio into the mix one because it's interesting sometimes it's, it, 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 it's intriguing and, and spicy but also because it's such a way of saying hi we're in your backyard without being cheesy you know at the moment you know, we're, we're trying to our, our currency at the moment against the likes of Capital with a lot of networking that comes from London Radio 1, Radio 2 is that we're in this area but we don't want to like put our arm around you and say, you should be listening to us because we're in this area. We're trying to make it a credible, a credible force in that sense. And we get that message across by using people to add a bit of personality of the area into our output, then, then it can be really effective. So you would, you would do things like you would take the introduction to a song by Jessie J and over the introduction you'd mix up and overlay clips of people from Glasgow talking about what her last gig was like? Yeah, I mean, we, we had a fan of JLS who uh, we recorded and uh, she, she talked about how much she loved them. And when JLS were in, I played the audio to them and they gave me a reaction. And we've had we power intro the song. Uh, she makes she makes me wanna. Whereby she's talking about how much she loves them. Her, her name is Jenny, I think, from Bishop Briggs, and they come on and go, Jenny from Bishop Briggs, we love you back, and just little things like that. That are just ever so slightly different um, ways of doing what has been done before. So, so it brings it to life, and it means that the JLS song on Clyde One sounds different then from the same JLS song on any other station. It's quite obvious then, maybe, to see the the, the impact of. Uh, creative audio on a, a commercial music station. Steve, you've done a lot of work in speech radio as well. Y- your website says that you uh, modernised the sound of the BBC World Service. So can you tell me a little bit about what that means and how you, how you do that? It's really interesting working in speech radio because the exact same uh, principles apply, but the audience re- relationship with the station can often differ. People listen more attentively to speech radio, whereas music stations are formatted as good company through the day, often background listening. They're formatted to have on uh, while you're doing something else. So I introduced quite a lot of music imaging to BBC World Service, which wasn't there before, uh, simply to give people a chance just to zone out for a few seconds, gather their thoughts and come back. Because listening intently to something on the radio 
for a long period of time is just hard work. And we also uh, did a lot of work about being reductive in the number of different promotional messages that were on air. So we were very ruthless in saying, okay, we will only have three or four uh, promotional messages on air in one week. We knew the audience was fairly transient. We knew that the audience had English as a second language, mostly, rather than a, a first language. Um, so we tried to make things as simple as possible. Few key messages, key entry points to the day, and to uh, reduce the number of different messages, but then promote those messages in a, in a variety of different ways so that those most loyal listeners who are with you all day, every day, and there are some on every station, so that they don't get really hacked off by the repetition. So for, for all three of you to be good at your jobs, although you do them all slightly differently, you need to do a, a bit of work really understanding the, the human condition a little bit. I think that's true. I think that's true. When, when I came to Scotland uh, as an Englishman, you know, responsible for on-air imaging and promos on BBC Radio Scotland, you know, clearly... I had a lot of work to do to understand the Scottish psyche. Um, so, you know, went to gigs, went to football matches, went to King Tarts, got to meet people, talked to a lot of people, and very carefully, incrementally, slowly on air, started to put little bits of personality into the output uh, and tested things as well, because you, you need to be confident. And Radio Scotland, you know, it's in its name. It's a Scottish radio station. So if you're an English guy doing the imaging, you, you can't betray that brand promise. It's got to be Scotland. You've brought an example of a uh, piece of imaging that you, a piece of audio that you want to highlight. Do you want to introduce it and we'll, we'll play it in? Yeah, I could. I mean, I, I brought this because Radio Scotland's where I made all my mistakes because I was a young guy working there and this audience here in the hall today is young people. I mean, th this is what your parents were listening to when you were conceived. It's that old. Not the exact time. It might be, yeah. Just that minute up to the news. Um, so, and, I, and we made a lot of very rich, highly textured, layered audio and, you know, very proudly won a bunch of awards for that. But I just stumbled across um, something really short and very simple... Uh, I'm, I'm interested to know who in this room has heard of Derek Meddings. How many how many hands have gone up there? Can you see? None. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, who in the halls heard of Jerry Anderson? Okay, I've got a few there. Who in the halls heard of Thunderbirds? Right. What's the most famous thing about Thunderbirds? Okay, you got it. So we were we were challenged with this task of promoting uh, a feature about. Derek Meddings, who no one had heard of, but he worked at Anderson Productions. And it turns out he had a, quite a significant hand in quite a lot of their work. So we had to tell the truth, we, but we had to convey this message very simply in one hit, because this promo was only heard once on the Good Morning Scotland programme. So this is what we did. Five, three, one, two, four... Things at Anderson Productions would not have been quite the same without the late Derek Meddings. Without Derek, Thunderbirds would not have been the success it was. Prepare to hear his story with Radio Scotland FM. And hurry, time is running out. You only have until midday. Excellent. Good piece. And what kind of reaction did that get? Internally, yeah, great reaction. But remember, this was before social media. This was 
when listeners would be writing in longhand on a piece of paper or a postcard to radio uh, stations. So you didn't get that immediate reaction that you would expect to get now. Now, if you did something like that on the radio now, you'd be on Twitter immediately trying to pick up uh, any feedback from the audience. And it, People it, would probably be sharing it. People would have taped it and, and distributed it through social media. Yeah, I think you'd hope so. And but even later, 18 years ago, I think you'd hope that someone may have said to their friend, hey, did you hear that thing? There's something about Thunderbirds on the radio today. And that's all you really need to uh, convey. By the way, just ought to credit Arlene Stewart, great presenter, great voice artist as well. And that was how she sounded so, 18 years ago. So what's that, 15 seconds of audio, 10 seconds yeah, of audio? Yeah, tw- uh, 20 seconds, 20 like seconds. That. Yeah, yeah. How yeah. long did it take you to make that? Oh, we didn't take long over that. I think once you've got the germ of the idea, let's take the countdown and just muck about with it. That's and, and then you listen. I listened to the program on speed, not me. The program <laughs> on speed, okay, and, uh, and and picked out the little clip about you know, hurry, time is running out, and that's all you need just to uh, to set the scene. So sometimes it can be quite quick once you've got the idea. Gav and I have seen you slaving away over. Uh, audio, uh, Adobe Audition and Pro Tools and various uh, editing software you, you, sometimes you spent a long long time over something quite short I always remember, the best example of that was uh, Rihanna, similar to what I was describing earlier on, we did a special with Rihanna uh, where we, we had a, an hour long interview on In Demand plus also we recorded our SECC show Phenomenal um, what was great about that as well is we got so many clips of her on stage going, Glasgow, we love you, and, and a tip for everybody, when you have things like that, keep it in the bank. Archive these little snips, spend five, ten minutes after these things go out and archive all these little bits because every time there's a Rihanna, something happening with Rihanna, you can slam it into intros of songs. It's one of the most valuable things you can do. Just you know, reuse things in different contexts. Going back to what I was saying about um, how long it took me to do something, we opened up the show with, with a kind of review of Rihanna's career and I uh, had um, Disturbia to start off with, the bed of Disturbia, and it go, you know, the riff. Dun, 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 dun. And I thought, I had, I had the voice of a guy saying, from Barbados to the world. And I thought, wouldn't it be great to get steel drums of dun, 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 dun. So I got a, a single steel, steel drum hit and spent about an hour and 50 minutes re- looping it over and key changing each each hit so that it went ding, 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 one of which was slightly out because steel drums are like that. And it took me about, and as I say, probably two hours to get it spot on. I was banging the space bar over and over again thinking, is that right? Is that right? Everyone that was in the building at the time, I was saying, in, come and have a listen to this. Does that sound, does that sound right? Um, because it's one of those things when you get so close to it, you, your ears almost become numb. But it took, it was four seconds long. Ding, 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 ding. And I remember sitting, I actually tech up the, the play out of the program and I was sitting in the studio and the exec producer of Indemand was sitting opposite me. And when that bit went out, he had his head down. And he suddenly went, oh, that's cool. I like that. And, and I've reused it in things for other stations around the country. North Sound, that we're doing a record of the week with, with Rihanna. And I reused that for, for an opener for them. And they, it always gets the feedback. Love the steel drums. And, and like I say, four seconds of audio, but it was worth the two hours investment. It just, it, it just takes time. It does sometimes. You've brought a, a piece of audio with you as well, Gavin, that we're going to have a listen to. Can you introduce it for us? We had the 10th anniversary of 9-11 in 2011 and uh, we, we felt that everything that was going on, all the news content we were getting in was all about people in New York City but I was on air when the planes hit and there was an enormous amount of passion in this area when it happened and lots of feeling, lots of emotion 
Um, and I, I just, on the off chance, said, I'm going to go out and see what people think about, you know, what their memories are. So uh, I went to Silverburn with the Marantz, um, and I just stopped people. And what an afternoon, because we got a wife of a pilot who was stuck in the States. We got, as you're going to hear, a woman whose cousin was a firefighter who was at Ground Zero. And the amount of emotion we got, we got some of the people 10 years on who were, were asking them to think about what they, what they remembered from that day. And these were two people crying. <laughs> 10 years on in Silverburn, just going out for a normal day shopping, we made them cry. Um, but the, for me, it, you know, this, this piece, I worked really hard on um, using the music as well in the background to punctuate little gaps here and there. And it, it's also a little bit different from what I normally do because, uh, you know, usually it's bang, whoosh, artist, you know, primary promise, key artist, A-list artists power intros, all that kind of stuff that I'm doing. But this was just um, something that I'm really, really proud of because I think it brought out a lot of emotion. Stay there, Maroon 5 and Christina Aguilera coming up in just a sec. Thousands of lives were suddenly ended by evil. Exactly 10 years on, Glasgow and the West remembers... Just blew up, big explosion. 9-11. Beautiful sunny day. We were down at a pub for lunch. We have a hijacked aircraft headed towards New York. And everything fell apart that day. We were just looking at TV screens and couldn't really believe what had happened. My cousins, she stays over there and her husband's a fireman and he was involved in it. Don't go in there, this girl is going to come down. Don't think he spoke about it, to be honest with you. Don't think he really could understand it all. We come here to honour those that we lost. Lost his best friend, in it? How anyone could see such horrific things happening and still stand there filming. There's a woman in a wheelchair. Without getting out the way. Carried her down <laughs> 68 floors. Let us never forget. Remembering the victims of 9-11. 102.5 Clyde One In the spotlight of Blockbuster Wow, talk about emotion and impact I mean that's something all three of you have, have, have touched on A cracking piece of audio Great radio production And the people who make it The Earshot Creative Review Sponsored by Hobson and things a little bit different this month. We're live at the Creative Loop Student Media Festival and Steve Martin is part of my panel alongside Gavin Pearson from Bower Scotland and Paul Tyler, uh, who uh, is part of the commercial production team uh, at Radio Clyde. Um, a dramatic piece of audio there that we were listening to that, that Gavin Pearson put together. Um, Paul, your world is a little bit different. Uh, commercials and ads. Um, what's the biggest pressure that you face in your job? Well, I think the, the biggest challenge i suppose that you might say is the fact that you know i'm a little bit envious of the guy sat next to me and gavin as well because you guys are part of why people tune into the radio again if i can just have a show of hands in the room does anyone tune into any commercial radio station to listen to adverts show of hands yeah we've got one weirdo in the corner who tunes in to listen to the adverts now that's my job and that's what i do Every day, my my job is to produce the bits of radio that really people don't want to hear. They'd much rather be listening to the latest Rihanna track, or they'd much rather be listening to the conversation that's going on on a speech station. So that's a challenge for me. Um, so you know, but but the, the thing I have to remember to get me through every day and not you know go home and cry every day is the fact that you can't close your ears. And actually, ad avoidance in radio and commercial radio, obviously. Is, is very, very low. Um, so on television, uh, it's increasingly 
more popular to find ad avoiders because Mm -hmm. of digital television and the fact that people can just record what they want and then fast forward. Um, Newspapers, well, we all know that they're in decline and actually the problem with newspapers has always been, from a commercial point of view, is if you don't want to look at an advert in the paper, you turn the page and it's gone and you probably don't go back to that page. So it's gone forever in, in, in in the blink of an eye. Uh, similar situation with magazines, direct mail, it comes through and you possibly just put it in the bin. But um, the only thing that beats radio for ad avoidance is actually the cinema. And you can probably imagine why. You're sat there literally, you know, almost strapped into a, a nice comfy chair with popcorn on one side and a big tub of juice on the other. And there's a massive 50-foot screen in front of you flashing adverts at you. You'd be, t- you know, if you're an ad avoider in that situation, you're probably standing up and looking in the opposite direction, which probably doesn't happen very often. Um, so radio um, comes out second only to, to cinema, and I think the reason is, as we've touched on already here today, is that um, it's normally a secondary medium. And by that, I mean, you might be in your car, in which case your primary objective is to get to A to B. Secondary to that is listening to the radio, and that's your accompaniment on the way. You might be in the kitchen doing the dishes. Um, that's your primary job for that time. You've got some company there and in the form of something on in the background. Unless you're actually going to dry your hands, turn around, and switch the radio over because there's an advert on which some people might do, uh, if there's a particularly annoying advert. But that's why ad avoidance is quite good. And, so, and so, Paul, I guess the challenge with your job is to create an advert that people don't zone out of, even if they're doing something else, that somehow they prick it, their ears up. Yeah. Have you brought an example of, of maybe how you've achieved that? Well, one way to do that would be if it's recognisable or something they can relate to, um, something that challenges their beliefs or something that is, is just genuinely curious or something that's new to them and one way to jump out of the radio might be um and and this is why everyone does it um i'm talking about meerkats and and people in pavarotti outfits but it's to use music or or something that's a bit different so i've brought along a selection of music that we have actually sold to clients we've gone and got it produced for them they love it because it makes them it makes them feel special and they can use this audio in store, if they, you know, if they're a retail client or on their on hold, but also it's something to use over and over again every time they've got a message, making it recognisable and actually making you as a listener, you know, find yourself humming it at some point in the day, and you don't even know how that song's got in your head. So, um, of all the people here today who didn't put their hand up, you'll probably recognise some of these, which means you have heard radio ads and they've actually, you know, made an impact. So okay. this is a selection of music tracks. For a fantastic deal on your new 12-plate car, make a move to Taggart's. With excellent savings and low-rate finance packages available, owning your brand new car is just a move away. For value, choice and first-class service, make your next move the right move to taggart.co.uk. If these sounds usually mean demands for money, it's time to call the Debt Advice Centre. Our qualified team of advisors help thousands every month and are standing by to help you right now. Stop robbing Peter to pay Paul. For your free debt review, visit scottsdebthelp.co.uk. Money's too tight to mention. Or call the Debt Advice Centre for free. 08000 806080. That's 08000 806080. Subject to acceptance, conditions apply. We don't normally play adverts on the podcast, do we? (laughs) Yeah, we're sponsored by Hobson's. (laughs) You got a bit of music for that? I'd love to know how much you had to pay to get the rights to do those versions of the songs. Both of those obviously involved commercial music that's been in the charts, and really it's, it's like you know, licking your finger and putting it in the air when it comes to 
finding it. You know, clients often ask, how much would it be to use uh, Lady Gaga in my advert? And, you know, I, I can't answer that because it might be a few thousand pounds. It's more than likely going to be tens of thousands of pounds. Um, but, you know, it, it just depends on how in vogue, I suppose, the artist or the particular song is. And if it's a, you know, we go and we ask the question and we get an amount back. Um, But the reason for doing it would be because there are people, obviously, who know both of those songs, who will, when it comes on the radio, uh, instantly recognise it. And that's what the advertiser is looking for, is instant recognition. And that's why they would pay thousands of pounds to to feature a, a known commercial track as part of their... Advertising. I'm going to put this next question to all three of you, but I'm going to put it to Steve first. Um, you highlighted a, a 20-second piece of audio, a promo that appeared in, in Good Morning Scotland, a news programme. People are listening for the news. Uh, I've been there, presented programmes like that, um, and to me, sometimes these promos, it's almost like they just appear by magic, and up until now, I maybe haven't thought so much about all the work that's gone in behind them. Um, do you feel... First of all, you, Steve, maybe sometimes it's a, it's a forgotten art or that you're maybe not as appreciated as you'd like to be? I've never felt unappreciated because I've always had really good management above me. And uh, I worked uh, to a guy called James Boyle, who was the controller of Radio Scotland, was there. And um, whenever we put a piece of audio on that, uh, that he heard and he appreciated, then he would go out of his way to make sure you know it. So I've been very lucky in that regard. I don't expect the same from listeners. And um, you, when you produce something on the radio, you don't really expect the listeners to be unpicking it in their heads and wondering where it came from. Um, it's, you asked earlier about how long it took to make something. I think if you're producing something that just goes on the radio once, you can get away with quite a lot. But if you make a piece of production, it's not entirely right, and you hear it 20 times, it gets worse and worse the more you hear it. So you have to, be, you have, to have incredibly high standards of production for, for the high impact high rotation work how much of a challenge is it Gavin with all the other things you need to do I mean you mentioned going out to record people in Glasgow who'd been at gigs you don't get paid extra for that they don't take other work off you to to let you do that so in the commercial fast paced environment that you work in how how do you manage it all? Um, I think if you want to be an imager and let me tell you that um, like Steve I get appreciation it is actually a job that comes across as quite sexy um, when you when, well, it's, it's true because you can make something, and the presenters do appreciate the stuff that you do. When when you know, for example, I'll I'll regularly refresh the power intros that we have on the station. Um, artist-led intros to the songs to make it come out, make our songs seem to come out of the breaks faster, get back to the music sooner. Endorsement from the the, the, the artists because we speak to them all and we get them all to say a station name and all that kind of stuff. So we're doing all that, and every time I put a fresh batch in, I get. <laughs> Noxy, who's one of our presenters, will tweet and say, fantastic burnters from Clyde One Gap. You like stuff. And you get all the, they love it. They, they love these extra little bits on the air to play with. Um, so they, they show a lot of appreciation. The management show a lot of appreciation. Although, you know, what was interesting was in the last couple of weeks, is we've got a younger guy who's now working in our events team, um, who's, uh, he plays in a band, he's a little bit more cultured, and he has been quite brutally critical of some of the stuff I've done. And I sat back and thought, you know, this is interesting. Um, he's, he's got a different ear, he's got a different background, he probably represents 5-10% of our audience and, and, I, and I've started, you know, I've been listening to him, I've been taking on board what he's been saying and it is, it's, it is unusual for me because in the last 10 years, <laughs> everything I've done has generally got good praise back so it, it, it's, it's, it's certainly an interesting job and, and patience I would say is also what you need, without a doubt, and we were talking about the time and the investment um, you know, it's not, it's, if the clock gets to the half past 5 and you haven't completed the trail but 
you think there's something that you could maybe spend an hour or so on and you can phone the wife and say, look, I'm really in the, in the zone here with this. And I'm very privileged because my wife's incredibly supportive in that sense. She works in broadcasting as well. Uh, she, she will say, yeah, go ahead. It's worth it. Even for, you know, the for, to sit back, hit the space bar, listen to the mix down of the 40-second trail you've made um, after all your time investment. So if, if you have the patience, I think that's one of the keys. If any of you out there have the patience, then this could be a fantastic career for you that can get you some enormous results. And there's nothing more rewarding than hearing your work going out on air. Steve, if somebody is listening either here in their live audience or, or on the Earshot Creative Review podcast and they want into this world, how could they get in? Because if you want to be a presenter, you sit, you do a demo tape, you can go through community radio, hospital radio, whatever. Um, this seems a bit, more, a bit more like a kind of closed shop, maybe. Um, yeah, I think there are some core skills that you've got to have if you want to do this. Firstly, learn to write. And the best production is all based on really sharp scripting. So I would say read and write a lot initially. Um, secondly, learn to play with audio. It costs nothing now to download uh, editing software, which may not be quite as good as, as that that is used in professional radio stations, but I'm sure your college here has got uh, great audio production facilities. You know, take the time and play with it and experiment. And a lot of trial and error, yeah? Uh, and still yeah absolutely absolutely and thirdly work with other people certainly in my experience and talking to some of the writers who i've worked with whose work i really really rate they all say the best ideas come between people not from an individual so try to get together with people cook up ideas together and build on them gavin when i think of you mixing steel drum sound effects sitting over a computer, I, I'm wondering how much uh, technical expertise you need and what's more important, is it the, having the, lots of good ideas in the first place in the scripting or is it knowing how to operate a, a, you know, a MacBook Air or a Pro Tools machine or some of the other kit you've got? Oh, it certainly helps. I did it on Adobe Audition um, and it was as simple as just using the plug-in of Pitch Shift and it was finding a KPM CD uh, with steel drums on it. <laughs> we've, all, we've all used a KPM CD. I found a solo steel drum and I, I loaded it in and I... I placed it in the digital editor eight times and I just, trial and error, pitch shifted it until it sounded right. It's simple. There wasn't a lot of skill involved in that. It was just patience and simplicity. Uh, one thing I'd, I'd say as well is every, every producer through the years goes through this kind of, as they learn, they go through this period of, of being fairly basic at first. Then they learn how to use all the plugins and all the little tools and all the, the, the bells and whistles on, on a digital editor and they'll go absolutely crazy and end up overproducing. So you go through this, this period, it's, it's, it's like a, an evolution. You start off learning, then you, you get really excited and you, you run about with your, your new toys and you're, you end up cluttering up your production and you go through that little period where you suddenly start, you get on the air and think, ooh, too much. And then you start to, to take it back a bit. I, I have to pay compliments to Steve and his, and his piece that we heard earlier on, the promo for the uh, Jerry Anderson piece, because that was 15 seconds and that is the, the gold at the moment in radio is to try and deliver a great message like that in as little time as possible, particularly in commercial radio where we're selling out 15 minutes of ads an hour in some stations, um, it, it, to get something across so concisely. It doesn't mean, have to necessarily be short. It just needs to be concise, uncluttered, clear. People are busy at the moment in their lifestyles. Our listeners, for example, in the morning are thinking about what they're going to get their, give their kids for tea at night. So you've got, they've got very little space in their brain for you to get in there with your message. Okay, let's have another listen to another example of your work that you brought with you today, Gavin. I think this is um, a piece of imaging you made at the end of last year's Tea in the Park. Tea in the Park is um, great for our, our audience. And Tea in the Park is, has also grown up with us a little bit 
Um, it started out as a, as a very young festival, when we, and I've been working on it since 1994 when it started. I've worked in production when I was at 4th, uh, when it was at Strathclyde Country Park. So I've seen it evolve, and it is now... It, uh, grannies are there. Older people are there. The average, I think the average age of the audience there is about 40 now. It's getting to that stage anyway. Um, and it's a fantastic festival. And what I tried to do with this was give a... We are so digitally involved now that we get to the end of events sometimes and we, we kind of forget that they happened. So I'm, I'm, this is a trailer that I ran for a week afterwards that signposted people to the website to relive it, to target the people who were there and didn't hear our coverage over the weekend but could relive it online. And the kind of picture I was trying to create with this, with the people that I just, I just grabbed folk on the street, uh, sorry, I, I grabbed folk at the stages and at the various parts of it and just got them to say things, to commentate the trail for me rather than having the station voiceover do it. And what I love about this is the, the little girl that comes on at the start and says, this is the best to the part. I can picture her in a white dress and welly boots and, and that's why I thought this was quite valuable. 102.5 Clyde One. This was Tea in the Park 2011. It was pretty good. Here we are backstage with Kesha. But I also like men with mullets or an eye patch. And you can send me some Scottish teeth as well. I'm collecting teeth. What's the weather like at Balado today? I love Tea in the Park. It's muddy. I'm planning on wearing shorts and wellies. So many shows. Just the shorts just and the wellies. Just shorts no, and definitely wellies. go for it. It's always wet, but it's brilliant. You need one more thing. What's that? Sunglasses. I love Tea in the Park. Liam Gallagher with me from BDI. Liam, how you doing? Good, mate. Good. Good quality albums, good videos, good interviews. No lies. Isn't that right, Mr. Noel Gallagher? <laughs> Everybody's up to laugh, it's friendly, and I just love the place. For artist interviews, pictures, and sessions from Tea in the Park, go to cleanwine.com! So the idea was to try and encapsulate everything there, the artists that we spoke to, the, the people. We, for years, we just focused on the artists, and I think the people at Tea in the Park are what make it. Steve, is there any evidence in music radio, commercial radio, speech radio, public service radio, that the right imaging can actually boost the audience numbers? Um, yes, there is, and it's interesting. I'm working a lot with uh, commercial radio stations in, in Africa, and um, when I landed in an African city, one of the first things I do is get the radio out and tune up and down the dial, have a listen to the stations, pick up the imaging. You can tell within five minutes of listening to a station whether, and often by the imaging and the care and attention that goes into it, uh, whether that is a successful radio station. So I'll listen up and down the dial for my view get the ratings book from the local research agency, nine times out of ten, the stations I thought sounded the best are the ones that are getting the best ratings. You've brought another example of uh, some of your work with you, Steve. Can you introduce this piece for us? Well, I can't claim credit for this one, um, but it is from the BBC. And we were talking earlier about um, simplicity and effectiveness. And you were talking, Paul, about music and how music in advertising helps people remember the yes. brand. So I think of music as just another sonic device in that palette that we have to play with in, in radio. So here's one from the BBC, possibly the ultimate sonic branding device. It's no longer than it needs to be. It's distinctive. It's familiar. It can work on any radio station format, but it's only heard on the BBC. It's useful to listeners and it's entirely on brand. When you hear this, you'll hear it's about accuracy and precision, which are values shared by BBC News. Wow. It's two o'clock. Wow. Amazing, yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's so simple. It's been on the air 
for um, 50 years now, I believe, and yet it sounds as contemporary and useful today as it ever did. Who gets the royalties for that? <laughs> Do you think some people, and put this to all three of you, when they think about audio imaging, uh, promos or adverts, that they forget about maybe the natural noise around them? Would you, would you all like to maybe hear more of that filtering through? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, a big part of what I do is obviously bringing brands and products to life and relating that to listeners and trying to make it relatable to listeners. And one way to do that is to create situations that listeners would recognise and sort of empathise with, in a way, I suppose. And sound effect is a great way to do that. I mean, it's so simple to go outside and it's so easy to record things these days. Everyone's probably got a smartphone in this room with the microphone capability to go in and record something on it. Um, but it's just so useful to go in and get go into a park and get birds tweeting or stand by the, a busy road and get road uh, cars wishing by or whatever it might be. So sound effects is, is a very useful tool to me. Getting a voiceover to pretend that they're somewhere and then playing sound effects... To, to bring that to life and to make that happen is very simple and very easy to do. And, and you can turn things around quite quickly with great results. And I've actually got a clip of um, a few, just, just a montage of different situations within commercials that we've produced at Radio Clyde, which take the listeners somewhere else. By sea, by air, by land. If you're in Glasgow, you can be fined up to £50 for dropping litter or cigarette ends or failing to clean up after your dog. Dispose of your litter responsibly. Take it home or bin it. Or you could face a fine. From here to here. In just over an hour and a half. So, I mean, that's a really simple way to to create a situation and... You know, BBC radio drama over the years has, has utilised that with, with, you know, the Archers, which is a bunch of voice, uh, voice artists or actors in a room, but you play a cow mooing and all of a sudden you're in a, you're in a cow shed. So it's, it's very simple to do and it's, it's very effective. That was my first job at the BBC, was doing the sound effects at the Archers. I did a whole lambing season with one litre of yoghurt. <laughs> <laughs> That's what radio's all about, pictures. <laughs> Love it. Okay, we've got a few minutes left. Uh, we are sponsored by Hobson's. It's the Earshot Creative Review. You can download it and listen at earshotcreative.com and you'll find it every month, hosted by Steve Martin. Uh, Gavin Pearson with me here today as well at the Creative Loop Student Media Festival in Glasgow. Uh, Gavin, if someone comes into any of the Bower stations, uh, maybe on work placement, or they're interested in a, a career like yours, You've mentioned patience. What else can they give you? Are you looking for a demo tape? Or are you looking for a list of ideas to prove that they know their stuff? I always look for interest. You know, through the years, there have been people who have come in and have sat with me. I, 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 they get to spend, a, if you're doing a standard work experience week at Clyde One, you get to spend uh, Tuesday afternoon with me. And <laughs> I've had people fall asleep. I, 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 that happens. Genuinely happens. I've had people sit in the corner and it just hasn't floated their boat at all. But when somebody sits there and is transfixed by it and are starting to follow it with you, they, they look at it and they get a bit confused at first. And it's all about how, you know, I have to slow down sometimes the pace at which I'm, I'm moving things around on the screen. Um, when they get, they start to understand what you're doing after a while. And, they, and people have been hooked. And we now have some of these people back in the station. Uh, they're working in other departments now. We obviously have incredible football output, which requires a lot of attention. 
on uh, Clyde 1 and Clyde 2. So there are plenty of roles, there are plenty of opportunities to do that. I still get involved in that and love doing the football stuff. But in terms of just spotting the people who you think can do it, they, they, will, they will show an interest right away. They will follow it. They'll get excited when you hit the space bar and play the final mix. And then they'll come back the next day or they'll come back at the end of the week and say, I'd like to do this more. And maybe even they'll start working on it and downloading. You mentioned, Steve, that you can download audio editing software at home. They'll start to build their own career. And that's, that's, those people are, are, are precious. And I love, I love embracing those people and, getting those, and encouraging those people and driving them on. Well, it's absolutely flown by this afternoon. Thank you very much to my panel. Paul Tyler of Commercial Production at Radio Clyde. Gavin Pearson, Audio Imaging for the Bower Scotland Group. And your regular host, Mr. Steve Martin from the Earshot Creative Review Podcast. And thank you very much to you as well at the audience here in Glasgow at the Creative Loop Student Media Festival. Thank you.